Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Man, who has that song stuck in their head right now? <laughs> who can whistle that song? Make, always turns into, uh, you know, feel good. Where is that song? Like, feel good, be happy. What is it? Don't worry, be happy, man. I'm getting old. <laughs> Got the old pastor up here. I'm not that old, but I'm feeling old. It's a wakeboarding concussion, I think, that happened to me this weekend. I'm just kidding. Anyway, man, I love that song. Get stuck in your head, man. Be positive. So exciting uh, what God's doing through the series. We're in the second part of a series, and so we're excited what God's going to do through it. I'm excited each of you are here today. Man, loving the summer. Who had the scorched heat on this week? Did we get a little burned out there? My white body saw the sun for the first time, and it was just like, you know what I'm talking about? I on vacation, and... Have some fun. But anyway, man, we're so excited for you here uh, and what God's going to do in your life this morning. I'm pumped for life groups. Who is going to a life group this week? Raise your hand. All right. Or the shout. That's even better. Shout it out. Uh, man, we're excited for it. Um, this is going to be a short little season, about six weeks. And so if you're not connected to life group yet, man, jump in. You're absolutely going to love it. This is the best way to get connected. I feel like this is where God wants us as a church. And so we believe circles are better than rows. Amen. You get to meet some people, not just get informed. But, uh, like up here, I'm just informing you on something. There you actually get to meet some people, have some great stories, share life together. So I would encourage you, if you're not signed up, get signed up. We have a great group of leaders leading this. And so I'll say, man, just get in there. Enjoy the summer, but don't do it alone, okay? Don't do it alone. What is it? Don't do it alone? If you don't join a life group, you're going to go on my boat, and you're going to have a little, I'm putting a wakeboard on your feet, and you're going to get hurt, and you're going to like it. So anyway, I wonder if you're like me during this series, uh, me get, see so much negativity, and I'm not trying to be negative, but you see so much negativity around the world. I don't know if you're like me, I'm getting kind of tired of all the negativity. I don't know, I get on Facebook, and like everything's negative, and the politics, and the weather, and the, the stuff we see every day, and the world around us just gets kind of negative. Me, I like that. It's like, man, it's like, man, why is it just a downer? Every time a family function, downer, you know, I mean, all this stuff's happening, like, what? is going on. It's just negative, 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 negative. And I find that people find the art of complaining, just like a, a thing they get, they get mastered. It's almost like a spiritual gift of complaining, you know, like second opinions, chapter me, you have this kind of complaining, complaining, complaining. It's just here. It doesn't matter what, it's like the weather, right? Like it snowed every Sunday. Like I was that guy. Like, why Jesus? Is it snowing every Sunday? Like nine o'clock to 11? Like why Jesus? You know, all, and then it went like spring for like one hour. And then it, then it was like scorching or scorched earth. You know, on vacation, I was like, I'm on the boat, and I'm like, man, this is hot. Man, this is crazy. The water's like 70 degrees, but it's 95 outside. Like, this is not fair. And so we just find a way to complain about everything. And so they just want to, like, do a little survey. Everybody, everybody participate. This is you included. Who would call themselves an above-average driver? Where's your hand? Above-average driver. Where you at? Above-average driver? Man, we got a lot of honest people. I appreciate guys' honesty, man. I'm glad, man, sometimes it's just the majority and you're like, there's no way this could work out. I can do math. Like you all can't be above average drivers. Some of you guys are the people we complain about on the road. You know what I'm talking about? Like I'm above average driver. Like you're above average, terrible driver. I mean, I'm talking about like 71 merges down. You're that person just goes until you have to just hit the concrete or fall over. You're like, what are you doing? We all know the lane ends. Come on, don't be a punk. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are all that people. Or you get in that lane, you drive real slow. I, mean, I won't be that guy that cuts everybody off and says, you can't get ahead of me. You know, where this lane's going to end. Like, I want to block traffic. And I know my mother-in-law, she's one of those people. She'll butt you in. Like, if there's an inch, she's going to take it. You know, She's going to go right in there. Um, but you know, you got terrible drivers out there doing their stuff. Um, but here's how it works. You go to a fast food restaurant, right? And uh, you, you pull up. And of course, you, you order your food. They cook your food, hopefully fresh, right? 
And then they bring it to you, but then all of a sudden you get this, uh, this terrible statement that says, hey, can you please pull up, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like slot number one or over here, and you're like, oh, no, nah, I've got to wait. Why, God, I got to have fresh chicken tenders. I want refried tenders. I want refried fries. Like, I just want to be out of here right now. We're complaining. It's three and a half minutes. It's 210 seconds or whatever it is. You have to wait for something. Oh, it's terrible. It's miserable. We get in our cars and, like, oh, it's terrible. Gas mileage is only 47 miles a gallon uphill and fully gassed in the floor. Oh, it's terrible doing this. And we pull in our house and we push this magical button. This giant door opens up into this convenient, like, space that's protected and conditioned for our car. It's amazing. Then we get inside and we open this cold box called a fridge and it's like nothing to eat ever nothing to eat I mean if you're like me it's like if it's not instant it's not going to get eaten you know and so you're like oh man this ain't going to happen like so when we go upstairs or we go on the couch or we go in the bedroom wherever we're going to go we got this amazing like 80,000 foot television it's this monster thing it takes up the whole wall you know and you're clicking through it's only 100 million channels there's nothing to watch right you go on Netflix it's like dude I just can't find anything I can't find any, there's just, there's just too many choices, right? We can't do it. And then we get up in the morning, go in the closet, right? And you got like 20,000 feet of clothes, like up here, down there. It's in piles everywhere. And there's what? Nothing to wear. There's just nothing to wear. It's just like completely over. Like we find a way to complain about every single thing. This is how we operate. And if I'm honest with you this morning, this is like my life, right? Like I'm that guy. Like I didn't grow up, I'm not naturally grateful, <laughs> Like, it's just not in me. Like, that's not, like, how I lived. That's not how it came to me. And I've learned over the seasons of my life, like, man, to take things a little more seriously, to be grateful for things in my heart. And so this message is really challenging to me. And so I'm speaking today. Like, I'm not just talking to you, but I'm talking to myself because it's so easy to want things I don't have but not appreciate the things I do have. And so I'm asking God to do work in my heart because I know when, you're, when you have gratitude and you're grateful for things, it actually changes a lot of values in our life, right? Like, if you're, if you're grateful, you're also thankful, it's amazing, like you appreciate, like, hey, thank you for cooking my food at McDonald's, because we kind of like deserve that, right? Like, I paid you good money, you better be just like this. This, this Coke better taste like the best Coke ever, because it's McDonald's Coke, you know what I'm saying? And those fries better not be hard, and they better not be floppy, they're be perfectly crispy, right? I mean, we have a way of doing things, we want it a certain way, we want it now. And I find that my life, like, I want it bigger, I want it faster, I want it more convenient, I want it right this minute, where is it at, give it to me. But today, look, when you learn gratitude, you learn to be thankful, you learn to be joyful, all right? You learn to, to encourage people, you learn to have passion in your life, and you learn really to appreciate things around you and live in the moment. And so today, I just want to talk about what it is to, to really move from a heart of, of entitlement, a, tar, a heart that's so easy to be entitled, so easy to say, I deserve this, to a heart that's really an attitude of gratitude, you know what I'm saying? We have a grateful heart this morning. So I want to show you in the Gospel of Luke how easy it is not to have this heart. For most people, I think it's very difficult to have a heart of gratitude. And Jesus shares this story. Uh, there's a story in the Bible found in Luke 17 just about this. There's a, a story of lepers that go and encounter Jesus. So you can pick it up in verse 11. It says this. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, how many? How many are there? Somebody say 10. All right, you're right. Good work. Ten. All right, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And you've got to imagine this time. This is a desperate cry, a desperate plea for help from these people who have leprosy. Matter of fact, to have leprosy was completely ostracized in that, in that social setting. You're socially rejected, okay? There's a ton of pressure on you. You feel like an outcast. And so, and Leviticus 13 goes through even some of the stuff they had to do when you had leprosy. You had to tear your clothes. So if you're walking down the street, people from a distance can go, 
that guy's a leper. You couldn't do your hair. You had to cover your mouth. And if somebody was getting close to you, you had to scream out, unclean, unclean. I stink. I'm terrible. Like, you stay away from me. You can't be around me. This is all in the law. You can't do these things. And so these people were completely rejected. They didn't serve a normal life. And you can imagine the desperation on them over years and years and years of really no intimacy, right? Like, nobody's going down the street, high five, get a hug. You know, there's not this, this magical love scene, you know, like, oh, the leper. Yeah, this isn't happening. And so here's Jesus who can make them whole and restore them, this man that can bring them back to a, a really a normal life and saying, hey, Jesus, 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 please have pity on me. It picks up verse 14. It says this, when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. So how many of them, how many does it say right here? It says one now. He says 10. I like you. He's on top. I like that. One. He's bald. One. One of them, when he saw them, was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And what's crazy in the story, Luke really highlights it, and it's odd for a Samaritan person to even talk to a Jewish person. And so their gratitude, the level of that person's gratitude was even higher than what you'd even expect. And Jesus asked this, he says, were there not all 10 of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Has no one claimed to come back and say, I'm going to thank you for what you did? And I can imagine in this life, like, how cleansed they were and how changed they'd be and how their life would be drastically different for the rest of their earthly days. Now, all of a sudden, they have a life, right? They, everything they've wanted for the last, how many years they've had leprosy, all the parts of their body that had been fallen off and, and, and been, been destroyed or, and had been sored, all the pain is all gone, and only one person comes back. And I don't know about you, but I won't be the one, right? Like, I won't be the one person out of the ten, Amen. Anybody want to be the one today? Maybe the one out of the hundred or the one out of a thousand. Like, there's not a lot of people that are like just going to do that. Like, can you imagine like, how much grateful like, how your heart should be when something drastic happens like that? But imagine all the small stuff in our life that we take for granted every day. So how do we have a heart of gratitude? Like, how do we do this? Like, how does it practically look for us? And so I have three statements I want to give you, some three powerful statements to really help you kind of own this, how to change your heart to, from ourselves really over to heart of gratitude. And so the first thing is this, is this, I know every good thing that I have comes from God. Every good thing that I have in my life comes from God. Every good thing, everything that's around me, everything that I possess, everything that is my circumstances, everything comes from God that is good. It says in James 1.17, it says this, every good and perfect gift is from where? It's from above. So everything comes from heaven, everything comes from God that's good in our life. And I think it's something in our church that really, really exemplifies this, really shows this heart of gratitude. Somebody who knows what it's like to see kind of the end of the life and have more than one chance at life. And I think of a man named Jody Hale. If you guys been around Jody at all? And he is so full of life. He's so grateful in the small things. It's, I got one clap. I like it. <laughs> Jody, you here? Where's Jody? I heard, I heard a weird laugh. I think that was him. So, um, But Jody, has, I mean, he's got a crazy story of what God's done in his life. And he had um, kidney issues growing up, really kidney disease. And um, he was told at 17 that he wouldn't make it to age 40. Uh, this last year, he turned 40. He baked a cake for his doctor. He's playing extra innings. Give it up for Jody. All right. He baked a cake for his doctor and said, hey, look, man, I made it to 40. I know you didn't think I would. And uh, it wasn't because of some medicine. It was because of Jesus. And they're like, oh, no, things have changed a lot. He's like, oh, man, it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus, man. It's all Jesus. And so he's had all sorts of complications over his life. And so he had a first kidney transplant, and uh, it was going great. And he had an accident. His, his kidney actually began to fail. And so he had another kidney transplant. And uh, for every kidney, obviously, somebody had to die, right? And his kidneys are being transplanted from, from donors that passed away, and some are, are very young-aged kids. And so he's living a life that's really not his anymore. 
Okay, and he came to the point where his second kidney was going to be rejected, and so he got a third kidney. And before he got his kidney, he was like, I'm kind of over, man. Like, this is just too much. And uh, his wife said, look, man, you got some kids. Like, you got to be a dad to these kids. Let's go see if we can get another kidney. It all worked out kind of crazy. Got put together. He got a third kidney. He's been had that kidney for three years. Just had some tests a couple weeks ago. It's working perfect. Like, do whatever you're doing. Just keep doing it. It's amazing. Like, you have another chance at life. And so he talked to Jody. He'll say, hey, man, I'm not on my second chance, okay? I'm not playing a couple extra innings. I'm on my third chance. And for, for me, it's different because I live a life that's not mine. Like, this kidney isn't mine. This is somebody else's. And he talks to the, the people, like the family members of, of the donor that have given this kidney. And he has a relationship with those people. And he's living that life. He's living on borrowed time. And so for him, he says, hey, live every moment to those last, right? Like, live it to its fullest. Like, this could be your end. Like, you never know when it's going to be your last breath, your last heartbeat. And so he sees life from a different perspective. And that's the attitude we're talking about today, this attitude of gratitude we can have in our life. You know, many of us, we say this, man, I worked for it. Like, I've earned the good things in my life. Like, I've worked hard for all the fun stuff I got. I've worked hard for all the money I have. And I would say, man, that's true. Like, you probably worked hard. You're just a good, store, good steward of all that God has given you, right? Like, you've been an amazing steward of what God put in your life. Like, you've taken care of it. That's great. But you got to realize your success isn't built on your talent. It's not built on your abilities. It's built on the ability that God gave you. It's built on your personality. It's built on your gifting, the grace, like the, the things that God's put in your life, the circumstances that God's worked for you. God has put that for you. It's not your success. It's God's success that God has allowed you to steward. And so it's not us that's doing it. It's God that gives us all good things. And so if you look through scripture, you can look at all the people that God has accomplished stuff through and how he equipped them and how he also gave them stuff to accomplish stuff. So look at this. God gave Noah a plan for the ark. Amen. Like, he laid it out for him, like, this is how you're going to do it. Like, this is how the ark is built. And then he gave them the ability to build the ark and save his family and save, save the nations so they could prosper. And then he gave Israel bread from heaven in the morning and fire by night. He gave David a stone right there on the ground to take down Goliath. He gave Jonah a fish. I don't know if he's excited about that. But he gave Jonah a fish so he could get swallowed and shoot him up on the beach and said, hey, here's your fish, bro. He gave us the Virgin Mary to have faith and the ability to trust God, even though it's a crazy circumstance. He gave us the wise men. He gave him a star, man. Like, I'm going to give you a star so you can find Jesus. And he gave us the Prince of Peace, Jesus himself, the Lamb of God, as a Savior for our sins. Like, Jesus always has a plan, always gives the best gifts. He gives us peace beyond understanding from the Holy Spirit. That gives us strength. He gives us comfort. He gives us encouragement. He gives us wisdom in our time of need. God gives us these things. He gives us the word so we can follow him and it's our guide. He gives us our family. He gives us our friends that we have to love us. He gives us life to enjoy. Man, everything we have is a gift from God. Amen. We have a gift all the time from God. And God is good. God is completely good. God is never not good. God is 100% consistently good. He's never less than good. God is unchangeably good. He will never not be good because everything from God is good. And so for us, we learn to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give back to God. Like everything in my life is a blessing from him. I'm not going to embrace this gift that he's given me because our attitude is an entitlement. It's not mine. It's really God's. Everything is God's. This is his story. So I'm going to embrace the attitude of gratitude this morning. So the second powerful statement I have for you is this, and you might just like put this on your mirror, you know, like some lipstick for you guys. I'm just kidding. All right, but you can put on note on a computer, put on your phone, but I mean, really drive this home for you. The first thing is this, to know every good thing comes from God, but the second point is this, I will not let what I want rob me from what I have. I'm gonna say it again. I'm not gonna let what I want rob me from what I have. Man, it's so easy to live in the blessings of the next season and forget about the blessings this season, isn't it? Like we always say, like one day, it's a number, right? Like when my bank account is 30000 or like when I have fully retired, all right, when my kids leave home, that's all going, right? Or when my kids uh, are acting a little better or when the car is not broken. We always have a thing, right? Like when that thing happens, then I'm going to be somebody. 
And we always say, oh, man, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Man, don't miss a blessing now. Like, I choose every day. Like, Jack is going to go through all these different ages and stages of life. And some are going to be fun. Like, this age is awesome. He loves everything. And me included, you know. And then uh, he's going to get older. And he's like, Dad, you're not so cool. I'm like, ah, oh, he caught me, you know. <laughs> and then he's going to get rebellious. And then he's going to turn teenager. And you're like, oh, man, I just want to choke him out. But I love him. You know, you're going to get there. And so I'm just going to choose. Right now, I'm like, every, every season of my life, I'm going to learn to embrace it and say, man, I love life. I love life. Like, I know it's a tough season, man. I know you guys are in a tough season, but I'm going to love life. I'm not going to look for the blessing next season and forget about the blessing of this season. So we all want it, right? We want the bigger car, right? We want the faster car. Somebody drove a Tesla this week. They're, they're pumped, right? I'm like, oh, that'd be sweet, right? We want the next size wakeboard boat, right? We want the bigger house, right? You want the, you want the fourth or fifth or 18th bedroom, you know, I'm talking about. Like, it's all crazy. Hey, granite countertops, praise Jesus. I mean, the formica, man, the food doesn't taste as good. You know, you put that food on the formica, it just, man, it tastes like formica. You don't have, you need granite. You know, that's how it goes. I mean, I wish I had this, I wish I had that. Like, that's how we operate. Every day we start dreaming and we give ourselves away to all these things that they're not even our life that we think are blessings that make us happy. But the reality is, is that there's something we need that we, ha- we actually have it already and we can follow that. And it says this in Ecclesiastes 6, 9, it says this, better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. It's better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. It says, better what you have than what you want. It's better what you have right now than what you want. You should be satisfied in what you've got, not what you think you need. Better what you possess already than what you long for. What we have is better than, better than always longing for more that you think is going to make you happy. So the Bible teaches very clearly, like, hey, what you have should satisfy. You can be content right now where you're at because gratitude turns what you have into enough. Like, when you're thankful for all you have, you have enough. Like, you don't have to have that next thing. Like, I'm that old dude that has, like, the iPhone 6S, which some of you are like, what is that? And then that makes you old. And, um, but I'm, like, outdated, you know? Like, I'm just like that dude. Like, some of you got the 10s. You're like, oh, man, look at my 10. You're like, all right, dude, I don't have, I don't have that much money, bro. I'm, I'm broke. Like, I can't afford the 10, but I love you. Can I borrow your phone? Can I take some cool pictures? Um, but I'm that guy, right? We upgrade it. We don't need the upgrade, right? My phone works. That's what my dad says. He's got a flip phone pretty much, you know? Like, can't even get pictures. You're like, dad, come on, dude. Like, he didn't even watch Jack at all because he can't even see anything on his phone when he sent me anything. Done a Facebook account. So I was like, bro, I guess you'll see him next time we see you because you don't believe in technology, but it's okay. I love you. I love you, Dad. But it says this, better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. Just say this, man. It's not happy people who are grateful. It is grateful people who are happy. It's not just, it's not happy people who are grateful. You're not, I'm a happy person, I'm be grateful. You're grateful in the heart, and that's what makes you happy. That's what gives you the joy from Jesus. And so say it, I will not let what I want rob me from what I have. I'm not going to let what I want rob me from what I have today. What do you have already? We have three to five meals a day, right? Some of you guys have that fifth meal, Taco Bell, Amen. Two o'clock. Any Waffle House people? Y'all sick. Y'all sick. Sick people, man. That's how I grew up in Waffle House. It's a miracle I survived. I love the Waffle House. Man, it's a, it's a, we don't go there, but I don't know why I love it, but I love it, man. My shoes come off every time I go in. It's cool, man. Slip and slide for Jesus. I mean, you guys got a bed, right? You guys got an awesome bed. It'd be amazing how many people in the world don't sleep on a, a pillow top, king-size mattress that fits the whole family and the three dogs. You know, people, people we don't have that, right? The, now it's got that groove in it. You're like, oh, man, I want to rotate this mattress, but I got to buy a new one. It costs $50,000. Man, we don't have clothes, right? We're like, oh, I don't have clothes. And shoes, right? The average person in the world doesn't own more than one pair of shoes. We got shoes for everything, right? I mean, some of you got, like, the lawnmower shoes, you know, which you've had forever. There's, like, nothing left on them. Um, you got golf 
golf shoes, you've got your high heel shoes, you've got your work shoes, you've got your church shoes, you've got your driving shoes, you've got your house shoes. You've got shoes just for your house. These don't leave my house. These are just my walking around my house shoes. Like, you guys have all this stuff, right? I mean, it's like, man, we just don't have enough, though. We don't have enough, man. We don't have enough. We want a car. Maybe we got a nicer car. Or some of you guys, you know, take the bus around. You have, you have something, right? There's something there. You got a phone that's awesome. Even though you don't think it's awesome, it's still really awesome. Like, the iPhone 6S is still pretty awesome, and I'm going to keep using it until something really cool comes out, but we'll get there later. Um, but you got a job, right? If you're working minimum wage, uh, statistically, you make 30 times, 32 times more than the average person does in the world. So even at minimum wage, you really got to be grateful because you're actually making a lot of money compared to the majority world. Uh, you, ha- you have an upgrade you want, right, in life. Like you have things you want to get bigger. You want a bigger house, but you have an awesome house. You have a roof, right? Some of you guys got a car that, like, I call it the Ratmobile. You know what I'm talking about? Like the door doesn't open on the one side, and uh, you, you're driving around, and it blows smoke, and the, the tire makes a sound, and sometimes it doesn't start, and you got to do certain things. you got all the tricks figured out, and you got everybody's number in case you break down. Like you got the car, right? But it still works and it's still going. Uh, you have health. Some of you guys traveled this last year, right? You guys have the ability to travel, done some cool stuff. Anybody go to Florida recently? Yeah. I know some of you did, yeah. Uh-huh. Some of you guys, yeah. we're jealous. Thanks for nothing. We love you guys, but that's great. Uh, and then you got friends, right? You got family, all the stuff around you to be thankful for. We have a lot if we count the blessings in our life. You know, here's what you need to know uh, about us. You know, here's something you got to do uh, to help you stay humble, to really help you stay uh, satisfied and, and really have an attitude of gratitude. You got to do this every once in a while. You got to travel. And you got to travel like outside of the developed world. You got to go into a developing world. You got to go somewhere where they don't have all the stuff that we have. You got to go somewhere where it's really kind of inconvenient. Like when you go sleep there, there's no air conditioning. It's kind of crazy. Uh, there's not any really good public uh, transportation. There's not really any transportation in some of these places. And you're going to go there, and the first thing you're going to do is you're like, man, I don't know how they do this. I kind of feel bad for them. That's going to be your attitude. Okay, that's day one. Okay, and then you're going to meet some people that know Jesus, and they're going to be doing stuff that you don't do here. Because they're going to do something that's kind of crazy. They're going to spend time with their family because they have time for that. And they're going to have an attitude of gratefulness. They're going to thank God for the, for the summer heat where they're at, where it's like ridiculous, or like the monsoon. And they're going to worship in a way that you never experienced. They're going to do things, like I've seen this in Africa, where these grown men are like jumping up and down, worshiping, and like literally fall on the ground. You're like, what in the world? Like, man, they love Jesus. Like, how in the world? We don't do that in the States. We're like this. The frozen chosen, right? Like, we're going to sit there, and we're going to endure this. I'm not going to show any expression at all, because if I do that, man, this is going to get crazy in here. But these guys are going crazy for Jesus, and they have this attitude and this passion for God that we don't have in our lives. And they have this peace that goes beyond understanding. They have a different appreciation for the small things. And before you know it, you're the person feeling bad for yourself. Have you guys ever experienced this before? Have you ever been there? Like, you can even go on, like, you go to Jamaica, and you're staying in these hotels, right? And then it's like the poorest of the poor and the richest of the rich just right across the street. This is the world we live in. And so for us, we take a lot of things for granted at times, but when you have an attitude of gratitude, it turns what you have into enough because it's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. It's not happy people are grateful, it's grateful people who are happy. I'm not gonna let what I have or what I want rob me from what I have. Man, Paul says it this way, it's so powerful. It says in Philippians 4.11, it says, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. Man, is that powerful? Whatever season of life you're in, I'm going to be content. I'm going to be satisfied. Doesn't mean you're, 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 you're going to stay there. Doesn't mean there's not holy discontent or a calling or I want to improve yourself. But I'm satisfied where God has put me in this moment. I know that what it, I know what it is to be in need. Anybody there, right? I know what it is to be in need, but I also know what it is to have plenty. 
There's some of us there who are like, man, I have plenty. Some of us have been on both sides of that fence. I've learned the secret. So there's a secret he's learned to being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or I'm starving to death and I'm hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, here is the secret. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whether I don't have it or whether I do have it, I still can follow Jesus because I'm content in all circumstances. And I believe this, that Paul was a place in his life where he had to follow Jesus, he all, where Christ was all he had. He came to the point where he had to eat out of Jesus' hand. He came to the point where Jesus was enough for him. And in your life, if you don't see Jesus that way, if you don't get to the point where it's like Jesus or nothing, where it's just only Jesus in your life, then you're going to look for other things to satisfy you. But you got to come to the point in your life where you say, hey, man, all I need is Jesus. The gospel plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. I'm not trying to earn my own path. My dream isn't for myself. My dream is through God. And whether I have everything I want or I don't have what I want, I'm still going to follow God because I'm content in what he put in my life because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm not going to let what I want rob me from what I have. And so the third point is this. I'll turn every blessing into a praise. I'm going to turn every blessing that God gives me into a praise because reality is this, and somebody once said it, but if you don't turn the blessings in your life into the praise of God, it will turn into pride. Like if you don't turn the blessings that he gives you into back to him and, and praise him for those blessings, it will turn right back into pride into your life every single time. We say it all the time. We say, I deserve this. Now, we won't say it out loud, right? <laughs> Maybe we will. But we'll say, I deserve this. I worked hard. Man, I go to church. I serve every single week. God, I deserve this. Like, I deserve I worked harder than you. Like, I showed up before you. I stayed later than you. I deserve, I earned this. I worked this way. I served at church. God, you owe me this. Like, I shouldn't be in this situation. I, I did better than them. Like, look around. Everybody's doing, look, look at me, look at me, look at me. All of a sudden, everything we have in our life, we think, me, me, me. We think it's mine. We think it's ours. And so every blessing, we don't turn back into praise. Uh, we turn into pride and it becomes about us. And so uh, I will love what David says in Psalm 63, 4. It says this, I'll praise you as long as I live. In your name I'll lift in my hands. I will be fully satisfied. I'll be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. Guys, anybody have some richest of foods? Uh, any Ruth Chris out there? All right, McCormick and Schmidt. Any other great, awesome restaurant? You know what I'm talking about? Eat that meal and you're like, oh man, that was so good. You're like so satisfied. And you can live every day like that for Jesus because I know the riches of God in my life. And so I'm gonna be fully satisfied in God with singing in my lips and mouth. I will praise Jesus, I'll praise God. I will turn every blessing back into praise. So how do we do this? How do we be thankful and praise God? So I'm gonna give you an illustration and I'm gonna give you an exercise to do. And so, as you know, like at 24, me and my wife took in some foster kids and we lived in this giant mansion, it's called Duplex, okay? And uh, we had 950 square feet. Amazing, okay? And so our plan uh, before we took foster kids in was we're gonna buy a duplex, live on one side, and then they're gonna pay most of my rent. And then I'm gonna save enough money, I'm gonna buy another duplex, and we're gonna do this over and over again until like we have whatever we wanna have with this, right? Like three or four of these duplexes, and then we're gonna buy an awesome house, and we're gonna live happy after, right? All this kind of stuff. Um, so that was kind of the ambition. And so the foster kids came in, and now we're living 950 square feet, and there's two bedrooms, and there's one in a kind of a half bath, you know, it's just, it's a little janky. I don't know if you even call it a half because I don't know if you even want to put water in a tub. Um, so basically, we have two uh, teenage girls, uh, one shower, and I got my wife and me. So you know how that works, right? It's, it's like, okay, I guess we'll have to just see where this goes. Okay, get up at 4 a.m., you get up at 5 a.m., you get up at 6 a.m. You know how that works a little ways, right? And so we're sitting back going, man, what are we going to do? Like, we need to, we need to move. And then we're like, oh, man, we're not, we don't have any money. 
Like, we're two of these kids in. We didn't know you like, got paid from the state because we're like, well, let's take the kids in. And so we're, we're just making ends meet. And we're like, man, we got to save money. And we're, we're kind of in a spot where it's like we're not negative, but we're really kind of negative because we really need a bigger place and we need all this stuff. And one day we went to uh, on a trip down to Vapor uh, headquarters down in Birmingham, Alabama. We took this awesome school bus, and we made it there. It took forever. And uh, it was hot, and we, we, we did all this work for the Vapor Ministries. We cleaned out these woods and the scorching heat and, like, lit on fire, which made it even hotter. I mean, it was a great trip. You know, we loved it. I'm uh, just kidding. It was great. But we do all this stuff, and we come back home, and on, the, on a trip home, uh, our oldest foster daughter at the time, she has this, I don't know how to describe it. Like, basically, some of the bus goes, hey, your kid's not moving. Like, okay, you know, she's sleeping, whatever. So I go back there, and literally, she is just totally unresponsive, uh, except for she can move her eyes. It's just the weirdest thing ever. Like, you pick her arm up and just drop, totally limp. So I'm like, okay, we got to get to the hospital. And we're like coming through Nashville. So we pull into the hospital and I carry her out of the bus. Like literally just, she's laid over like it just totally limp, just out. But she can, she's still conscious enough to move her eyes. You've no, I have no idea what's going on. I'm freaking out, right? And I bring her to the hospital and they do a CT scan on her. And over the course of two or three hours, she comes back all the way around. CT comes back completely negative, no problems whatsoever. And we're all dumbfounded. Like what in the world is going on? So we're trucking back home and over the course of the next three or four months, she would have these episodes over and over and over and over and over and over again. So she couldn't drive obviously because she didn't know when she was gonna go in this episode. And we had to stand by her side and be with her all the time. Had no idea, we're freaking out. Like, is this gonna be forever thing? Is this gonna lead to something bigger? Is this gonna eventually end in something that we don't wanna have some catastrophic, you know, absolute tragic moment or what's gonna happen? And eventually we made it to the neurologist and uh, Children's Mercy downtown. and. This man says, hey, really what's going on is she has a, a situation where she gets stressed out and this is what she turns into. Just like when you sweat, when you're nervous, she gets stressed out and her body shuts down. We're like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, I've never even heard of that before. And he said, hey, you just gotta kind of ignore it. Okay, that makes sense. So here's us great foster parents watching, the, <laughs> passing out and all this stuff. And hey, have one, you know. And people look at us like, what terrible people are you, right? And uh, what we learned from the whole situation is we weren't, we weren't complaining about the duplex folks. We weren't like, oh man, it's too small. Like I need, some, I need some more space. Like I need more money. We didn't care about that stuff because when we learned that she could be better, we were so ecstatic and happy that her life was gonna be normal. Like that we weren't gonna be stuck in the situation we had to stand by our side for the rest of her life or that she may actually pass away from this, that we had found something that we thought we lost. That, that there's gonna be a normalcy to this. Like that changed our whole perspective. Nothing else changed in my world except for me. Like nothing else changed. Like I didn't have more money. I didn't have a bigger duplex, but it changed because I had a different attitude, an attitude of the grateful things that I took, took for granted that I, I just looked over every day, just a simple thing called health. And so for you, here's the exercise I wanna challenge you with. I want you to think about the things in your life and think about losing them. So think about what it'd be like if you got diagnosed with stage four cancer. Like if you found out that you got a phone call from somebody that's just not there anymore, maybe it's a family member that you're gonna fight with, right? There's somebody in your life that you're just like, ah, and then one day they're gone. Or maybe it's your job, right? Like I, I, your job's just gone. You're like, yeah, my job's gone. Some of you are like that, right? But you lose your job. And I want you to imagine what it's like to get that back. Like imagine what it's like to get the phone call. Hey, you're cured of cancer. Hey, that person's actually not dead, they're alive. That we just misdiagnosed it. Like something miraculous happened, they're here. Like here's your job back. You're like, dang it, you know? Like you have these things in your life, but we take it for granted every single day because we are entitled. Because we're like, oh, I deserve this. Like I've earned that. Like I've got time. I've got time. I'm gonna tell you something guys, we're on borrowed time, amen? 
we're told on borrowed time. Man, Jesus gave his life and we're borrowing the time he's given us. Like he's laying us play extra innings for him. And so for you, I wanna encourage you not to be just so focused on yourself, but focus on the simple things in life around us. Focus on the blessings you have. You know, be thankful for your friends. Be thankful for your messy house, amen. You get the 50,000 Cheerios and the, the nasty carpet. You come to my house, I got nasty carpet. I'm gonna admit nasty carpet right now, okay? And I'm like, okay, nasty carpet for Jesus. Like, I got this nasty house. We're gonna use it right now. This carpet's falling apart, but God, for Jesus, we're gonna use it. People are gonna get saved in this house and it's gonna get nastier until we do something with it, but we don't have money, so we're gonna do it. There's people in your life that are around you, you can help out, but you know, it's kind of annoying, right? Like, oh, I don't have time. It's interruption, but there's people around you that God's given these opportunities. You got a roof over your house, your, your head. You've got a car to drive. We have money in the bank. We have all these things we can be thankful for every single day. And so I wanna encourage you, there's a verse that says in Psalms 103, two and five, it says, but all that I am, praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. May I never forget. It's as simple as never forgetting. Never forgetting all that God is doing for us. Never forgetting the simple things in our life. That for, for, he forgives my sins and heals me of my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills me my life with good things. See, I'm not gonna wait to be happy and then be grateful. I'm just gonna choose the day to be grateful, amen? And then I'm just gonna be happy from that. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be grateful for whatever you give my life. I'm gonna stand up and say, I'm gonna love Jesus. Like, I'm gonna praise God through the storm. I'm gonna praise God even though it's difficult. I'm gonna praise God even though I don't know what's gonna happen. In this certain moment of my foster daughter going through this stuff, I'm just still gonna praise God in a season of, of doubt, a season of hardship, a season of pain, a season of, of total uncertainty. I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna choose today to say, hey, I love life. God is good, I love life. And so I'm not gonna wait to be I'm not gonna wait to be happy to be grateful. I'm gonna choose today to be grateful because I know every good thing comes from God. I'm not gonna let what I want rob me of what I have. I'm not gonna let the blessings of tomorrow rob me from the blessings of today. I'm gonna turn everything that God blessed me with into a praise back to him. So today I'm gonna choose to be grateful, amen? And let's pray together. Father God, we come before you. God, we ask that you do a healing work, God, only you can do. God, I gotta pray you heal us, God, just from self. God, allow us to empty ourselves just like you empty ourselves, yourself, God, that we wouldn't look at us, God. The story we're writing is not about us, God. Help us to be transformed and be filled with gratitude this morning. God, today I ask that we be the one, the one that comes back to you. God, that we be the one that says, thank you, Jesus, for what you did in my life. God, I wanna give my life to you. I wanna surrender my life to you. God, the story is not mine. This pen is not mine. This future is not mine. This dream is not mine. Everything in my life is about you, Jesus. And so I wanna give it back to you today. Hey, with everybody praying, no one looking around, maybe those of you would say, hey, yes, I want to be more grateful. I wanna be, I wanna have a heart of gratitude. I wanna take the three statements you said and drive them into my heart. I'm sick of being negative. I've been negative a long time, but I'm tired of that. I'm tired of my own negativity. I want a heart of praise. And maybe that's you today and you say, hey, I choose by faith to be positive. I want to be grateful with all the blessings God has given me. If that's you today, will you just lift your hands right where you're at? Will you lift your hands up and say, I'll be more grateful today. I got hands across the room. That's awesome. That's encouraging. I'm going to pray, God, we come before you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit do work in our hearts, God, that only you can do. So God, I pray that you give us a grateful heart. God, you strip us of anything of ourself. God, I pray that we see the blessings we have from you. God, strip us of our entitlement. God, I pray for our life groups as they launch this summer, that they'd be full of gratitude. God, give us more of you, God. Give us more stuff we came and earn on our own. There's things that are so much greater than things that we can accomplish without you, God. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus, down the cross for our sins. Thank you for your goodness in our life. Hey, as we continue to pray, maybe somebody here today would say, help me be real honest with you. I've really never had that kind of gratitude towards God. 
Like I've really never sat back and said, yeah, God's really good. Like, I don't really believe that God can be that good. And I'm, I've never really had that attitude of goodness towards him. And so perhaps I'd really challenge you that maybe you've never really understood what it is to follow God and what God has for you. Because the reality is we oftentimes try to think we have to earn a way to God. We have to work to God. We have to be good enough. We have to try harder, pray, chant, meditate our way to Jesus. But Jesus did something completely different. He nailed our sins to the cross. And so we don't have to earn that. He gives it freely. It's called grace. And so the Bible calls our sins that separates from God under his shed blood. And so we don't have to earn Jesus. Jesus died for us. And so it's the most amazing thing that we're made right with God by his grace, that our sins are taken away from us. That it's not us that has to be doing the work that Jesus did it for us. So God did something for us that we couldn't do our own, that Jesus went on the cross. He became sin for us. And on that cross, the Bible says our sin was nailed to the cross that our sin was nailed there, that he became sin for us and he exchanged all of his good for all of our wrong. And so why did he do this? He did this so anyone that calls on his name can be saved, that we can be transformed and be forgiven. Man, I believe God brought someone here today to hear this message, to hear the good news of the gospel, that you're not made right by God by being a better you, you're being made right by God, by Jesus giving you his goodness, by paying the price for your sins on the cross. And so today maybe you'd say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus today. I recognize he died and rose for me. There's so many things that God has given me and he's given me his son, Jesus. And I recognize the day that he died on the cross for me. And maybe you'd say yes to Jesus. Yes to forgiveness. Yes to following Jesus. Yes, you can put your faith in him. So across this room, if that's you, you'd say, hey, yes, I need my faith in Jesus today. We just raise your hand and be looking around and say, hey, I need Jesus this morning. And be like that and say, I need Jesus. And be like that at all and say, hey, I need Jesus in my life. I need a heart of gratitude. And be like that this morning. I'm just gonna pray this prayer. And if that's you in your heart, will you pray after me? Say, Heavenly Father, God, come into my life. Save me from my sin. God, make me new. God, change me from the inside out. I want a heart for you. Thank you so much for doing what I couldn't do on my own, going to the cross and dying for me. God, save me from who I am. God, come into my life. Make me new. Thank you for new life. You can have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.